This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This episode is sponsored by No Witness But the Moon by Suzanne Chazen. Two seconds. That's all the time a police officer has to make a decision. One Two. So much can happen in two seconds. Praised by Publishers Weekly as a book that should be required reading, No Witness But the Moon by award-winning author Suzanne Chazen is a powerful novel that follows the tense standoff between an undocumented immigrant and a Hispanic police officer. A tragic mistake takes a darker turn when the shocking connection between the two men is revealed. Pick up your copy of No Witness But the Moon today wherever books are sold or visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 79, and today we are talking about books released on November 1st, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here is my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. Hi. Let's pretend that we're dressed up in Halloween costumes while we record this. Okay. Because it's Halloween I'm, today. I basically want to be like sleeping in my Halloween costume all the time now. Yeah. Is yes. it comfortable? It's not bad. And I just feel like the fullest version of myself As while actually wearing mermaid fins. Yes. Yeah. It looks, it, I didn't really notice anything different. <laughs> you know, other than your lips it were was, a little green. Yeah, my lips were a little green. I got some scales on my face. Uh, it was it was really fun. I felt like I went to a party on Saturday night, and I did feel like I like a. I have not played Pokemon Go, but I understand like that Pokemon sort of evolve into their final forms, or they hatch, or something. And I feel like I'm you know in my final Pokemon moment, uh, all decked out in mermaidness. It was a good time. What are what is your Halloween costume? Are you a book? I, I am. I'm a okay. book eater. Oh. No, I I can't remember the last time I really actively dressed up for Halloween. It was many years ago. I bought like a really cheap prom dress and a tiara, and I made a sash that said Miss Anthrope. But then we I went to the Halloween parade, and everybody kept asking me what it meant, and I was like, "This is this defeats oh. the purpose of going home." <laughs> oh, and then you have to like sadly realize that you need all new friends. <laughs> oh, these were just strangers, you know. We have oh, one okay, of the good. largest Halloween parades in the country. Oh, really? In this area, yeah. It's been going on for 20 years, and it's amazing. But everyone was like, I don't get your sash. I'm like, <sighs> obviously. Yeah, your why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, who knows? But that's so. Funny. Yeah, today I'll be, today I'm a podcaster. Yeah, you could be a podcast. You could walk around with your podcast, your podcast microphone and little like kitten ears or something. Oh, yeah. That's a we good should idea. have thought of this in advance. <laughs> We're getting way off track now. We are. Let's That's talk about books. That's my favorite thing to do. Yes. <laughs> Finally, like, holy cats. Okay, so today's Halloween, but tomorrow when you're listening to this, um, it'll be November 1st. It'll be November. I know. I am unprepared. And I feel like uh, I've been talking about this first book forever, but I also feel like it can't possibly be out yet. But it is, and it's so good. It's called Pull Me Under by Kelly Luce. 
I have been raving about how much I love this book. I loved her collection of short stories, which is three scenarios in which Hannah Sasaki grows a tail. Uh, just absolutely fabulous. And now this is her debut novel. I believe it's a debut novel. Um, it's about a woman named Rio. She's in her late 30s. She's a nurse in Colorado. She lives with her husband and her daughter. They have this normalish, like, family life. You know, the usual problems. But, you know, everything's pretty normal for her. And one day she receives a package in the mail. And it came from Japan. And inside is a letter from a man saying that her father has died. And there's also another letter from her father written in Japanese. And as it turns out... Rio is not actually her real name. Um, or, or, like, you already know this before she receives the package. I'm making it sound like, you know, oh, surprise. But um, her, she was actually born and named Chizuru. And when she was 12 years old, living in Japan with her parents, she killed the school bully with oh. a letter opener. Um, she was a, a very quiet child. She didn't have a lot of friends. She was born to an American mother and a Japanese father. Her father is Japan's most famous, if not the world's most famous, violinist. And she got teased a lot for those reasons and also because she was overweight and she was the only one in her school who could understand English. And so one day she snaps and she kills the the bully who's been tormenting her. Um, She's institutionalized for seven and a half years and, you know, like, we don't actually, like, hear, like, what happens, just that, you know, she, and she has blanked the incident out, um, just that she knows that this happened because they told her. And so she lives these seven and a half years in this institution, and when she's released, she decides to move to America. She changes her name, and now she has this whole new life. But when she receives this package, she decides that, you know, like, when growing up, she had always struggled with her identity because they teased her because she they're, she had a white mother, and so she was different than the other kids. And so she never, and she never really understood, like, where she belonged. Like, people would treat her differently because of it, and, you know, she was like, I'm Japanese, but, you know, no one, they're like, mm, you're half, only half Japanese. Um, and so she really had a hard time with this. But now that she's received this this package and her father has died she's you know feeling like she wants to go back to japan and and see what it was like and she decides to go to his funeral and she wants to travel alone her husband doesn't know like nobody that knows her in america knows the story of of what happened when she was young he doesn't even know that she changed her name he doesn't know that much about her father so she decides to travel to japan alone um and she it's very freeing for her because she's a grown-up now nobody will recognize her you know, she's nothing except a mention on her father's Wikipedia page that needs a citation. Like, they're not even sure if that is something that actually happened, like something his daughter did. Um, and so she goes, and she finds that she has missed Japan. And she sort of embarks on this amazing journey. Um, this feels very freeing, and she's learning about herself and her country that she left. But also she has this letter that she can't read, and she needs someone to read it to her. And a family friend offers to translate it for her. But when they do... Uh, Rio feels like she didn't get the whole story, that there's something that they kept from her in the letter, so she wants to find out what that is. And it's so beautiful and strange and disturbing, and I could just go on and on with adjectives, but I just absolutely loved this book. Every time she, she would write these amazing sentences, and I was like, oh, that has to be the most amazing sentence in the book. But no, then later on you'd read something else, and it's like, oh, that's an amazing sentence. She's just a beautiful writer, and the story was really compelling. 
and dark and gripping. And again, it's called Pull Me Under by Kelly Luce. Ooh, okay. My, I have a good segue here for compelling, dark, and gripping. Because uh, my first pick this week is Virgin and Other Stories, a collection of short stories by April Ayers Lawson. It's been a while since I had a good uh, short story collection here on the show. And this is a really nice way to come back. It is a debut collection. It does not feel like a debut collection. The stories are so... I guess, like confident. Uh, the writing is just so solid. And the the title story, Virgin, uh, is the one that opens the book. It's about a young man who uh, marries, uh, it's set in the South. He marries a woman who is still a virgin when they get married. And that now they've been married for a while and she is still a virgin. Uh, and we find out why. Um, it's a little dark and disturbing. And then he is wrestling with, uh, despite that he knows why she is still a virgin and why she can't bring herself to be with him. Uh, he has desires as well and is feeling tempted about where he will get those desires met. Uh, and it's just a, a kind of quiet in a sneaky way until it's not quiet anymore. It's so, so wonderful. Uh, there's a long piece called The Negative Effects of Homeschooling about a boy uh, who grew up homeschooled and went to a church that he describes to us um, who's attending his mother's best friend's funeral uh, and trying to make sense of that. There uh, is a story about a teenage girl girl who has been uh, caught making out with her cousin and separated from him because of that. Uh, and now she's being forced to like channel all of her assumed teenage angst into playing the piano. Uh, and she's at her piano teacher's house one day for lessons and discovers that there is a man in the extra bedroom. He's the piano teacher's brother. And she feels this illicit attraction to him. Uh, and I just, I loved this collection. There's more to it. The, sh the stories are long. They're on the long end for short stories. There's only five or six pieces in the whole collection. Nothing quite comes up to novella length. Um, for those of you who are in the not really liking the novella length story in the short story collection club with me. Um, so don't worry about that. They're all about people that are sort of on the brink of understanding something about themselves um, or that have discovered some piece of information about a critical relationship in their life that they're trying to make sense of and figure out a way to go forward. And what I found really stuck with me about them is that these are about sort of awakenings and issues that we all wrestle with. But April Ayers Lawson takes a, a darker turn on them. And it's this it, it, sneaky is the word I keep coming back to, but in the best possible way, a little sneaky reminder of um, of all sort of the dark and disturbing things about these parts of our lives that are so human. Uh, and I just, I really, really loved it. I can't wait to read what she will do next. And um, these are short stories that are fully grounded in the real world in all of the ways that it's complex, and particularly in those turning points of uh, budding sexuality, of early relationships, um, of figuring out how these important pieces of our lives intertwine with each other and make us who we are. And again, it's called Virgin and Other Stories by April Ayers Lawson. Whew. Okay. Our first sponsor this week is Penguin Random House Audio. 
As we approach the holiday season and this cozy, comfy season that I love so much of cooking and just sort of hibernating, uh, it's a perfect time to start listening while you cook. You can incorporate more books into your daily life by turning your cooking time into multitasking time. If you're spending hours in the kitchen prepping meals for the holidays, if you're doing the thing on the weekends where you're prepping your lunches for the whole week or making a big meal that you're going to eat your dinners off of for a few days, put on a good audiobook and let the story help you along. Cooking for Picasso and The City Baker's Guide to Country Living are great cooking memoirs from Penguin Random House. Or you could listen to Where Am I Now, which is read by Mara Wilson herself. I will also have the pleasure of getting to interview her at Book Riot Live in a few weeks. I've just read this book. It's really fantastic. I think it would be wonderful on audio. So you can listen to Mara Wilson tell you stories about her life. Penguin Random House Audio is also highlighting 32 Yolks by Eric Repair. He's a well-known and renowned chef, the French chef in America, and so many others. So check out tryaudiobooks.com slash cooking for a free download and get started listening while you cook. Thanks again to Penguin Random House Audio. Again, it's tryaudiobooks.com slash cooking for a free download. Yay. Woohoo. All Hi. right. Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I had to mute it because I needed a drink like when you were talking about your last pick and then um, I went to set my drink back down on the floor and not realizing that I got my hair caught in the screen <laughs> that covers my microphone so when I sat up I ripped the screen off my desk but all of this was muted so it's okay like <laughs> this is I thought you were quiet over there, but like I didn't hear any piles of books falling, so I figured I you were still alive. I was like, ha, 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 you know? <laughs> but it was fun. It's all fun now. Screens back on. Fine. <laughs> it's just a normal Monday here in the yeah. All the Books podcasting. We're gonna here. have to like tape all the corners in my office and like yeah. tie everything down. Oh my I consistently goodness. forget that my earbuds are both in my ears and plugged into my laptop and like get up to walk away and oh, start pulling. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's very graceful. No, that can't be good. <laughs> but you know what is good? Tell my me, tell me. pick. Yay. My next pick is called Valiant Gentleman by Sabina Murray. And I apparently am late to the Sabina Murray show. It, she's received like all kinds of raves for everything that she's ever done. And I had never read her before. Um, but this sounded so, so, so good. I couldn't, like, not read it. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm pretty sure it's going to end up on my top ten list. It's amazing. Um, it's a reimagining of the lives of the Irish patriot Robert, uh, Robert, no, Roger Casement and his BFF, Herbert Ward, and Ward's wife, who was an Argentinian-American heiress named Sarita Stanford. And it's, like, four decades of their friendship and eventual falling out um, they, there was a lot of, of hardship and betrayal towards the end of their relationships. Um, but when Casement and Ward start out, they were young men working in the Congo, living these bachelor lives, like having these adventures. Um, and it kind of follows along from there, like all the craziness that they saw when they were in the jungle. Um, it follows through, um, Ward and Sanford's marriage and their, their life in France, raising children. Um, and then Casement who is gay, it's it's obvious to us as the readers that he is gay, but, like, you know, this is the late 1800s. It's not something that, you know, was, like, common knowledge at that time. Um, he sort of drifts around and continues to have, like, his, his adventures trying to, like, um, recapture, like, all the excitement that they had when they were younger. Um, but when World War I rolled around, it sort of divided them. Like, their politics were never the, quite the same, but after World War I... Um, 
Ward and his young sons decide to fight for England, whereas Casement decides to help the Germans to free Ireland from Britain's grasp. And this pretty much ruins their friendship. Um, it's This book is incredible. It's so incredible. And not only that, but it's so, so funny. Especially towards the beginning. Like, their banter. This If this isn't a television series, I will cry my eyes out because... I want to see this on the screen. They are so hilarious, and she writes it so well that it's not like even like you're reading like a script or something, you know, staged. It's just so natural and hilarious, and it's it reminds me. I love books that take people from history and, and tell them like in their own way, like their own fictional setting. It reminded me of um, like Twain and Stanley Enter Paradise. Um, and actually, Stanley makes uh, an appearance in this book, too. They kind of, the, the explorer, they kind of think he's a wanker. Um, can we say wanker on, on the podcast? We're doing it. Is that, is that a thing? Okay. Yep. Um, but it reminded me, like, of that, or um, Mrs. Engels, or, uh, again, Mark Twain, the Twain's End, like, books that I absolutely loved in the last couple of years. Um, and one of the blurbs on the book calls Sabina Murray, uh, Our Country's Hillary Mantel. Um, which I can't confirm because oh. I've never read Hillary Mantel. Me neither. I know, but I always mean to. But that might mean something to somebody else. And it, I guess it just means she's incredible because she is. And like I said, this is going to end up on my top ten list for sure. Um, so much fun. Again, it's called Valiant Gentleman by Sabina Murray. I have no segue for that. That's okay. So my next pick this week, I think I mentioned it last week, is called Where Am I Now? It's by Mara Wilson. Uh, she, you would probably recognize her from Mrs. Doubtfire and the Matilda movie, but she has been doing many interesting things in the days since those, uh, including being a playwright and hosting a storytelling series. And she's written this memoir called Where Am I Now? And uh, I am reading it presently, or I have just finished it actually, um, because I get to moderate a panel or a conversation really between her and Walter Mosley at Book Riot Live about storytelling on the page, on the screen, and beyond. And the book is phenomenal. Um, she writes about her experiences as a young girl, being an actress, why she was drawn to acting and never expected to get famous, um, what it was like after she became recognizable as, I think she was eight years old when they filmed Matilda, um, and how that defined her life, but also how she had to work really hard to get beyond it. Eventually, why she got away from uh, acting for film and started exploring screenwriting and acting in plays and also, more importantly, figuring out who she was as a person. Um, she writes about knowing from a really young age that she was very anxious, that she was a perfectionist. Um, one of her tutors on one of the sets for a movie that she was filming identified like, oh, the reason that you're panicked about even getting one question wrong is that you're a perfectionist. And she figures out that this is not a good thing, that it's why it's the core of why she's unhappy and worried all the time. But there's more to it. Um, and so she writes about how reading a specific book helped her identify that she actually had obsessive compulsive disorder and going to get treatment for that. Um, and sort of those gradual steps that we all go through as people understanding who we are and what the problems that we have really are and the difference that it can make when you understand that and you can get treatment in her case um, or enter into your friendships and your relationships in a more authentic way and healthier because you know who you are and, and what you want. Um, and so it's a nice sort of coming of age tracking. If she had never been famous, uh, this would still be a terrific memoir to read about a young woman coming to understand who she is and how that happened. Uh, and it's it's wonderful. Her writing is really clever. Uh, we're of the same generation. And so there are a lot of great 
little jokes and asides that I enjoyed picking up on as well. Um, but really cool to see someone who's done, who is young and has done so many interesting things. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward. And this is how I'm getting beyond how nervous I am <laughs> um, to getting to host that conversation between her and Walter Mosley. And she's done so many interesting things with storytelling, including now telling her own story and exploring the power that that has. And so uh, the book is called Where Am I Now? It's by Mara Wilson. And it's been out for a little while, but you should pick it up and you should come hang out with us in a few weeks at Book Riot Live. That's going to be a great conversation. I'm probably just going to black out. Like, that's what happened. That's <laughs> so okay. I'll just, I'll just you don't say, black out and like fall off your chair black yeah, out. Yeah, no. I'll just not know <laughs> what words came out of my mouth that's for fine. 45 minutes. We'll record it for you. Oh, good. Like, this is where you started taking off your shirt. <laughs> you like, what? <laughs> Um, moving along. Uh, so, my next book is actually one I have not read. I just started reading it. Um, I'm trying to break out of my my comfort zone. I have a hard time reading books that take place before, like, the, let's say, the 18th century. I don't know why, but they make me very nervous. And the fact that, like, everything is so different and they're almost always in other countries, it just intimidates me. Does that make any sense? Sure, it just stresses you Which out. Which is why I've never read Hilary Mantel. Um, and I'm trying to, like, break this cycle, you know, like, I recognize that this is ridiculous, and, you know, I read The Inquisitor's Tale last week, and it's all, it's all good. So, I have this book that just came out in paperback today, or should say tomorrow today, it's called The Gold Eaters by Ronald Wright, and it's out from Riverhead now, and it had kind of a really quiet release in hardcover, despite the fact that I saw so many rave reviews, and since then have seen so many rave reviews, so I decided to go for it. And it's about the Spanish invasion of the Inca Empire in the 1530s. And there's a young Inca boy named Waman who has been kidnapped at sea by conquistadors. And he is forced to be explorer Francisco Pizarro's translator. Um, and he, so he's like stuck in this terrible position um, trying to survive. And all he wants is to get back to his family and the love of his life. And like I said, I just started it. But it's so interesting and compelling, um, just absolutely enchanting so far already. Like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back to it. Um, and it's very different and fun. And after, like, the Valiant Gentleman, you know, that I read um, with lots of e exploration and that kind of stuff, it's, it's a really great transition. So, again, it's called The Gold Eaters, now out in paperback, by Ronald Wright. Woo-woo! Yeah. Okay. So... So speaking of exploration, let's talk about our, I don't know. I, got, I, um, I don't know that that transition works. Anyway, our next sponsor this week, and this is a nice dovetail with what we were talking about earlier, is Prep Dish. If you love to eat, but you hate the meal planning process, Prep Dish is for you. If you're a busy parent, especially, and you're trying to plan meals for your whole family, you're going to want to listen to this. Prep Dish is a meal planning service where every week you get an email with a grocery list and a prep ahead list, and then all your meals are ready for the week. So if you have a crazy schedule, most of us do, this is a huge time saver. You don't have to decide 
decide what you're going to cook. You don't have to figure out the grocery list on your own, and it will even tell you which pieces of each meal to prepare ahead of time so that when you go to cook, you're all set. Visit prepdish.com slash all the books where the founder, Allison, is offering you a free two-week trial so you can try it out for free. That's a total no-brainer. Prepdish.com slash all the books. Basically, you know, we're all very stressed. Food is important. We can't live without it. But sometimes preparing our own meals is an even bigger source of stress than it should be. So Allison and Prep Dish are here to help you. Check out prepdish.com slash all the books to get your free two-week trial. You can also browse through some of their previous menus, see what sorts of meals you're going to get. And they even have a pre-filled Instacart shopping list if you want to order your groceries online. So this is sort of an all-in-one meal planning and prep service. Again, it's prepdish.com slash all the books. And thanks again to Prep Dish for sponsoring. Let's move on to something else. Uh, you did a great paperback release just now, and this is one of our collective favorites of the year. And like, it, we wish that we could stake ownership on this book, but pretty much everyone who's read it has loved it. Uh, it's The Queen of the Night by Alexander Chi, out in paperback today. Came out in February. This is a big book, and it is perfect for the weather turning colder, for having a nice cup of tea, and wrapping up in your favorite afghan, and just like sitting all day long for a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, this is about an opera singer who is approached by a writer. Her name, her name is Liliette Byrne, and she's approached by a writer who tells her that he wants to write an opera for her. And this is the highest honor that an opera singer can be given. It's the one thing that it's like the gold ring that she has not gotten yet. But he starts to tell her the story of the opera that he wants to write for her. And it is her life story, which is filled with secrets that only for people in the world have ever known. Uh, so she has to figure out how this person got her life story, uh, which of the four people betrayed her, and does the person who's talking to her about it actually know that it's her life he's describing. Uh, it is a big operatic book. It is so fun to read. Um, I have a not a hard time with historical fiction, but it's just a I'm mostly a contemporary fiction reader. I like the language of contemporary fiction. And I found that I just sank right into the Queen of the Night. It's set in the 19th century. Uh, there's this great mystery at the core of it, you know, who betrayed her. But Liliette's life is fascinating. She does so many different things uh, through the life of her character. And we find out all of these secrets that she has and sort of scintillating relationships. And there are these pair of dukes that are known for when they get with a woman, they like shred her dress. And so they have a dressmaker basically on retainer uh, to help recover from these moments. Um, if you loved The Crimson and the White by Michael Faber, I think, um, or Michelle Faber. I can never remember how that is correctly pronounced. Um, it's this is sort of in that same vein. It's just a big, beautiful historical novel that is sexy and so smart and just so gorgeously written. If you have not read it yet, pick it up in paperback out this week. Um, and as a bonus, uh, Alexander Chee's publisher has re-released his first novel, novel Edinburgh, uh, and it is out in a gorgeous new paperback edition this week too. I've not yet read that, so I'm looking forward to picking up the new paperback of Edinburgh. Again, that's Queen of the Night by Alexander Chee. Yay! It is so good. I mean, he's probably oh, going to get the award for book we mentioned the most this year on the show, but for very good it's reasons. Possible. Although I did talk about it a lot last year too, so That's maybe true. just in yeah. general. We had the countdown clock. We should have him on sometime. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. It's in like its 11th or 12th printing. 
like it went through like eleven or twelve printings in hardcover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's gonna can't go even imagine in paperback. What it's gonna do in paperback. So I feel like we should have like a little special like noise now for this next segment. Like now that I do it frequently, we need like a cash register sound oh, effect. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, it's time for Liberty's shopping list. Um, it's the beginning Cha-ching. of the month, which means I've been paid, and I have a list of books that I want to get. And at the top of that list are a bunch of amazing things that I'm going to tell you about now, and why. Um, first up is El Paso by Winston Groom, who is the author of Forrest Gump. Lots of people don't know that Forrest Gump was a novel before it was a film. Um, he wrote Forrest Gump three decades ago now, um, and recently has spent a lot of time writing World War II history books, but his new book is this American Western saga that sounds fantastic. Really excited about that. Um, my next pick for that is Iron Dawn, The Monitor, The Merrimack, and The Civil War Sea Battle That Changed History by Richard Snow. That comes out in hardcover today. And you know how I love the Civil War, and I love stories about the Ironclad ships. Um, also a great Sleater Kinney song, Ironclad. Uh, next is Playing Dead, A Journey Through the World of Death Fraud by Elizabeth Greenwood. And it's in hardcover, came out a few weeks ago. It's about people who have faked their own deaths. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. I just read a book about forensics uh, over the weekend, and there were some cases about like how people used to be able to do that all the time before like DNA and you know, modern, you know, forensics, uh, science. It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, I wrote an article for Book Riot this weekend about vampires and ghosts in books, and that led me to Ryu Murakami, who I have never read before, but he sounds interesting and seriously messed up. Um, he's written these, Jap- they're called Japanese psychosexual thrillers, and so I'm looking to read some of those, because why not? Uh, especially Piercing, and one called In the Misu Soup. Uh, also found this horror book that sounds fantastic called Skullcrack City by Jeremy Robert Johnson about a guy who's trying to fight corrupt politics in his city uh, with his pet turtle. And then I realized that I cannot find my copy of White Teeth by Zadie Smith. Um, as I've mentioned before, I had not read Zadie Smith, and recently I read her newest novel, Swing Time, which I enjoyed quite a bit, but the hardcore Zadie Smith people are like, if you think that's good, you need to read White Teeth. And I thought I had a copy, but I can't find it. So if you have it, give it back to me. And if not, I'm going to buy a new one. So that's my shopping list. Woo. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to wrap up with the end of my Book Riot Live homework. I'm just about finished because I like to be really fresh when I'm working on stuff, notes for a conversation and a panel. Um, So I am just reading Devil in a Blue Dress by Walter Mosley. I might have mentioned it last week. I can't remember. You Uh, you were just saying you were about to read it. Yeah. Okay. So I have mostly mostly read it. Uh, This was his first novel. And again, talk about a like a book that does not feel like someone's first novel. And now it's a couple decades old. What a way to break on the scene. It introduces us to Easy Rollins. Uh, he has just been laid off from his job. He is sitting in a bar uh, that his friend owns in LA in the late 40s. And there's a Easy is a black man and there is a white guy in the bar who's looking for someone. 
Uh, he's looking for this woman. We don't know why, because it's clear that he's being cagey about his reasons. And he thinks that the woman has gone into the Watts neighborhood of L.A. into maybe some of the jazz clubs. He can't go there uh, without being noticed to find her, or so he says. So he wants to hire Easy to go find her. Um, it's a straight up mystery in that respect. Easy is going to go find the woman and try to figure out also why this man who's paying him really wants to know where she is. Um, but there's social commentary buried in it. There's racial commentary. And we're seeing more and more of that in fiction and in genre now. But this is a reminder that genre writers have been doing commentary about social problems for so long. Uh, and that Walter Mosley is one of those who led the way. Devil in a Blue Dress was made into a film also. Uh, with Denzel Washington as one of the stars. I am not hating it that watching a movie with Denzel Washington is going to be part of my homework for this coming weekend. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed Devil in a Blue Dress. It was a one sitting, except for like the last chapter, which is the worst place to be when we're recording a podcast of like, I have all but finished this book. <laughs> Um, but it was basically a one sitting read for me. Um, and I'm not a big reader of mysteries, but I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think I'm going to be picking up some more easy Rollins. This was super easy to read in the sense of I just once I got going, I, I was I loved the character and the writing from page one. And I'm really looking forward to having more Walter Mosley uh, in my in my wheelhouse and in my book stack going forward. So that is what I have read almost all the way through and I'm going to finish in like 20 minutes. Yeah, he's um, so, like, and he's done a ton of genres. He has some sci-fi that came out recently. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite book by him is this really, really messed up social commentary called The Man in My Basement, which is about a black man who lives alone in a giant house that he inherited and he's really hard up for cash and like the heavens were sending him an answer to his his problems, a white man shows up on his door and says, I want to give you a ton of money to lock me in your basement. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's messed up. It's so good, though. Um, yeah, he's just awesome. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, okay, so what are you going to read next? Well, I, so I always used to just read one book at a time. And then somewhere, like a few years ago, I started allowing myself to read, like, a few books. I think it was when I moved into a house because now, like, I have a book in my office and a book in the living room and a book in mm -hmm. my bedroom. And, you know, so I'm reading so many things. But most most likely, I got the new Howard Norman. I love him with all the heart eyes that I can, I can muster. Um, if you've never read Howard Norman, oh, my goodness, he's so good. Did you know that um, Jen and Steph once accosted him in an airport and took a photo of him? on their phone and sent it to me because they knew I did that not know I loved that. him so much. Yeah, he looked, he looked very nice for someone who's, like, being accosted in an airport at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning to have a photo. Um, it was so great, though. So I'm probably going to read the new Howard Norman that I just got, although I did just get the new Christabel Kent, which I'm excited about. Um, and I'm also slowly, slowly making my way through the Rasputin biography that comes out in a few weeks. Um, it's mm. 817 pages. So. Holy moly. Yeah. I was like, I can't just sit down and read this. And that uh, seems appropriate. Like, you can't have a short Rasputin no. story. No. It just goes on and on and on, <laughs> and it never ends. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to um, read? 
Let's see. I have had the sellout by Paul Beatty out Woo-hoo. from my library for as many renewals as are allowed. It's been sitting on my desk. I keep meaning to get to it. And then I keep getting caught up reading new releases for this show that we host. Um, but since he just won the Man Booker Prize, became the first American to win the Man Booker Prize, I'm finally going to do it. I've been really looking forward to it. I haven't been like putting it off. I just haven't gotten there yet. But now I'm out of renewals and time, basically. So I'm going to read the sellout. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Everyone should read the sellout. Well, good. I think, you know, having won a big prize, that'll help with making that happen. Yeah. All right. That is our show this week. Thanks again to our sponsors, No Witness But the Moon by Suzanne Chasen. You can find it wherever books are sold or visit kensingtonbooks.com. Thanks to Penguin Random House Audio and the encouragement to listen while you cook. That's tryaudiobooks.com slash cooking to get a free download and get started with adding books to your cooking life. And to Prep Dish, go to prepdish.com slash all the books for your free two-week trial. You got something to say to us? You can do that at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute and you want to give us a little gift, you can send us a rating or a review on iTunes. Let's us know how we're doing. And more importantly, it helps other book lovers find their way to the show. And, and, and last but not least, don't forget, come join us at Book Riot Live on November 12th and 13th. Go to bookriotlive.com to see the full lineup of speakers and events and use the offer code MoreCats, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, all one word, to get $20 off your weekend ticket. Awesome. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And I would, I would just like to say hi to Harry, who sent us an email, and he was very nice, and I haven't responded yet, so hi, Harry. Hey, Harry. So, now, are you ready? Now, I'm ready. Okay. Happy Happy reading. reading.